Welcome to Liberty Life, a podcast that brings together conversations between thought leaders, disruptors, creatives, entrepreneurs and game changers, because we believe good conversation can create positive change. So we've got an amazing guest um, back with us, actually, because we've, um, Ellie, we've spoken to you uh, a few months ago, was it? Just before the pandemic, I can't remember now. <laughs> I feel like we spoke at the start of the pandemic, yeah. 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 So fast forward six months and it feels like we're sort of back there again. <laughs> I think it really does right now. Yeah, we've we've had that. We know where we're not right now. That's how I like to that's phrase a good, it. Yeah, that's a really good expression. Um, and so I think it felt like a really good time. Alfie from my, um, my team, um, you know, wanted to kind of hear more about how we cope during this next sort of impending lockdown I think this time around it's gloomy it's you know it's cold it's winter it's gray skies and um, just hoping that you can kind of take us through lots of coping mechanisms and tips on Mm. how we can just improve our mindset and our perhaps our kind of daily um, routines just to get into a better headspace Um, is that right yeah I definitely think this is a very like important conversation to have at this time because yeah a lot of people that I speak to are definitely struggling with mental health and I think that's going to be the next big thing post-pandemic yeah and even for me I don't I've never really touched with struggled with mental health but I I feel like every time I kind of read a bit of the news and I try not to I you know that's my kind of number one rule I just feel this sort of like flush of anxiety and I then I start worrying about my family I'm like oh my god what happens if something happens to my dad or my mum or you know I, I won't be able to see them and you hear you, we've all read the stories of people's loved ones dying and not being able to see them on that you know do you know what I mean and, and I think you can't help but start to think like that and then just kind of Christmas where all those people be on their own I think I just feel really quite sad inside um yeah. for, for that I've had a lot of that this week. I think in the last two weeks, especially since there's been lots of movements around, you know, what's actually happening to the music industry, it's really difficult to go online and not run into people feeling the way you've described and people feeling like a real deep sense of frustration at the moment because they don't know where they don't know where they stand. We know where we're not at. We know that we're not going to be putting on gigs and stuff soon, but. Mm we're just in this limbo situation at the moment. And it's when you put on the news, when you go on social media, there are lots of triggers there just to kind of start your anxiety going off. Or perhaps if you're having a good day and there's something that you haven't thought about and then you just see it in front of you on the news at 10, like my partner's been watching the news at 10 pretty much every night. And I now decide not to watch the news at 10. I leave the room when the news at 10 comes on or I play on my phone. Because I'm looking at the news throughout the day, I'm on social media throughout the day, and I just I don't need to engage with it because when it's compacted into 30 minutes, it makes you want to not leave the house. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, yeah, it's all dread. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I'm hoping by the end of this conversation, our kind of listeners will come away feeling really kind of revitalized and energized. Yeah. I know having done the mammy panel last week, I, I certainly did, and I think lots of the other people that joined felt that way so I'm hoping this podcast (laughs) will be um you know a positive listening experience 
uh, for people who are feeling all sorts of things right now. Um, and I know we've got loads of interesting questions to ask you. So over to you and Alfie. Thank cool. B. Thanks, B. Right. So uh, the first thing I wanted to ask you was, so obviously lockdown has meant that musicians unable to do a lot of the things they love, like collaborating with other musicians, recording, uh, and obviously performing as well. What are some of the ways that you can suggest that people can hopefully deal with this short-lived loss of occupation? I think if I was an artist right now, I would be feeling terrified and excited all at the same time, because I really like the challenge of being creative. I think it's really tricky for artists. You know, they're having that time at the moment where they're not necessarily getting the help that they need. And I think to fill that loss of occupation, what's really important is firstly that you get behind all of the positive movements that are happening, that are trying to make things change for artists or trying to get artists better represented right now. So rather than taking to Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or whatever your chosen social media channel is, actually look for the positive movements, look for the positive things you can be doing in your musical community to help people. I think that's a good way to fill your time right now. And I also think, and this might not be a popular opinion, and I hope I hope it comes across the right way, but I think finding something to help you pay the bills right now isn't the same as giving up on your dreams. Yeah. But some of the most successful artists and DJs I know have had moments in their lifetimes and in their careers where they've had to find something else to do. And I know that that happened to me last year. You know, I'm a radio presenter. I do voiceovers. I do presenting. But when there was a gap in my career and I lost a few pipeline contracts, I had to go and do something that I didn't dream of doing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and then, yeah. and then up again. Um, I think if people can make that jump and they can make it music related, that's even better. I'm subscribed to Music Match. And at the moment, they've got loads of jobs on. And I think it would be a perfect time for artists to use this as an opportunity to add to their interest industry experience. I guess what you guys do, you can probably vouch for this, that an artist knowing as much as they can about the industry and understanding other elements of the industry is only ever going to be helpful for them. Yeah, definitely. Um, in, my, in my opinion, and, and you mentioned about collaborations, you know what I think right now is the perfect time to try and Try and do those collaborations. Try and find new ways to connect with your fans. You guys released a video recently talking about collaboration yeah. and how powerful that is and how that introduces you to new audiences. And I think that's a, a really great way to, to go about things right now. Also, if you can build a charitable element into your artistry and into your brand, I think that's really important. You know, now's a time where we're looking at what we care about, what moves us emotionally, what makes us want to put our hands in our pocket if we have anything to give. If you're an artist and there's a charity that you really resonate with, reach out to them and see if you can help them somehow. See if you can use your platform to help spread their message. I think artists that connect themselves with charities, I love seeing that. I think it's it's really, really great that artists are in such a great position, whether they're, they've only got a few hundred followers, whether they've got thousands of followers. People listen to them. They have an active audience, and that is a brand new way to connect with your audience and also to get some, some different experience. But my bottom line message would be whatever you do, do not get tied up into that negativity online um, about what's going on at the moment for the music industry and for the yeah. entertainment. I was listening to Annie Mack last night on Radio 1. And, you know, Steph Don, her brand new single was recorded in her bedroom during lockdown. Mm. And it sounds banking and it sounds amazing. And I'm sure that she's got lots of producers and help and people that can 
you know, mix that down and make it sound pucker. But the point is, you know, she's an artist and that's what she had to do because she can get into the studio. So she, she had to do it at home. Cool. And yeah, I just, I can understand why it's challenging for people at the moment, but I also think it's a really exciting time to get different experience in the industry. There are definitely jobs popping up at the moment and there will be other people that might want to collaborate with you. And I, I love collaboration. Collaboration always really gets me going um, yeah. on the radio playing tracks from, from different artists. So I think to find ways to keep you occupied, it's that look for what else you can do in the industry right now and look at how you can align yourself with a charity that moves you. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. One of our artists at Liberty actually recently put out a music video and they were encouraging people to donate to a charity, like you were saying. And yeah, it was definitely really inspiring to see somebody do that in a time when I feel like it's hard to notice the, some of the humanity from people, if you get what I mean. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And people need to feel that they need to be moved. I mean, I think when B and I spoke originally on, on a podcast that I did with you guys, we were speaking about that community spirit and about what that means. And now really is a time to kind of take notice of what's going on around you and support others and help. And I think we'll get to that in a bit in, in our chat. Yeah. Uh, definitely, because it's definitely going to pop up, you know, how where we're here to basically serve each other and one another. And I think that's the other thing that artists can do right now. Actually look outside of their own situation. Is there anyone they can help? Is there anyone they can connect with other people? Yeah, definitely. I think at the minute, another thing that lockdown has definitely affected is our homes have become, or they feel like they've become increasingly smaller because we're always in it all the time, working from home. Uh, what are some ways that you make home life feel a bit more exciting? Okay, so my first way is a naughty way, but it is something I do to make it more exciting. And that is, I, I dress for best. I don't say things for best anymore. So a lot of the time, I'm, <laughs> it's going to sound really naughty, I'm wearing agent provocateur underwear like as much as possible. Because <laughs> I have all of this nice underwear and all of these nice clothes and I don't kind of get to wear them out. Uh, so I'm, I'm wearing them at home. I'm wearing them indoors for myself. It. They make me feel sassy and good. Yeah. Uh, I think it's really important when you can to actually get up and get dressed and get showered because there are days where we don't do that. I have mm. a big purple fluffy dressing gown that I absolutely love and I wear it rather than put the heating on. But I think just making yourself feel like you're going to work yeah. and putting that effort into yourself, that will automatically make you feel better because I imagine we've all had those Zoom calls where we're like really bleary-eyed and you're like, oh, I look... <laughs> I look terrible uh, and it's much better to be able to come on and present yourself in the way you would as if it were in real life another thing you can do is kind of fake your commute <laughs> I'm not, not, not fully if you're working in London don't book a ticket and actually get on a train and stuff but whatever amount of time you would have dedicated to a commute in the morning keep that time go for a walk do something with it that relates to the amount of minutes that you would have spent commuting because just being out and about and seeing people and seeing interaction, you know, that is all good for you. Mm. Also, I think if you're working from home, definitely invest in things that are going to make working from home easier, more enjoyable, more fun and more comfortable. This week I bought myself an extra Echo Dot from Amazon. I've also bought myself an Echo Flex as well. I'm waiting for some smart plugs. I surround my working area, not too heavily, but I've got things that I love around me. And yeah. so I've got a birthday card that my 
partner drew for me, which is amazing. I've got disco written in massive letters um, in the corner where I work. And I went pumpkin picking at the weekend. So on my desk, I've got loads of amazingly coloured pumpkins. And I think if you can personalise your work area, so it's not just your dining room table and you've got things set up around you, that will help change your mindset. Also, just making yourself a fancy lunch, like put effort into everything you do. Because I yeah. think, where are you based? Are you based in Brighton? I'm in Brighton as well, yeah. Your price as well, yeah. So we're yeah. spoiled for choice with fantastic places to eat, aren't we? Yeah, lunch and I think it's important to invest that back in yourself in your home life as well. Mm. And, you know, treat yourself to a fancy lunch. Making home life exciting when you're working from home is a really tricky one but you have to still treat it like you're going to work. And sometimes I lack discipline doing that, but the one thing I've definitely done which has helped is just have those positive messages. And also, I have this phone, which is amazing, which you probably... <laughs> I bought this phone for lockdown, which is an actual, like, proper landline. Oh, and this just so satisfying. Yeah, this fills me with so much joy. Uh, it's little things like that. Just that is pure joy right next to me. But yeah, if you can try and find ways to work smarter as well. That's going to make things more exciting for you. That's going to give you back that evening time later on in the day. What are you doing to make working from home more exciting? How do you do it? Um, I try to get out as much as I can uh, yeah. in between doing work. So like uh, whether it's going down to the park her to eat lunch or looking after a friend's dog because they they are still in the office so look after their dog for the day and that's always a great great time or just uh just trying to do something different each day pretty much yeah that's a great thing to do oh we could borrow a dog can't you yeah Go to borrow, exactly. borrow a dog yeah yeah it's just different energy i have a, oh yeah well, what sort of dog is it that you're helping with it's just a it's a cross between a pomeranian and a chihuahua so she's <gasps> tiny but she's yeah she's great I was looking after one of those a year or two ago. They're a handful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she's definitely very hyper. <laughs> they, think, they think they're bigger than what they are. So they, they cause like a ruckus with, um, <laughs> with bigger dogs. But yeah, I mean, jokes aside, like wearing nice underwear, wearing nice clothes, whatever it is that makes you personally feel good on the outside, you know, maybe get into a little bit of shallowness mm-hmm. lockdown during whatever this currently is and just make yourself feel good and you know yeah definitely invest in things that will make you work smarter yeah definitely sometimes when my partner's here I, I go into we work in separate rooms when he's here so I might walk into the other room and try and flirt with him as if we're in an office <laughs> together that's you know usually quite fringe worthy but <laughs> get, get in the office crazy. romance going yeah 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 but I've got an office <laughs> romance going in my flat <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Uh, so a lot of us because we're working at home uh can like struggle to shut off at the end of the day i know it's definitely something that i struggle with is there a way that you can suggest to like uphold a healthy work-life balance yeah i find that really hard as well alfie actually if i'm honest because i'm self-employed not shutting off like my phone is my office and so when i do school run and things like that i'm not actually fully shut off so what I do what I try to do is change my whatsapp status to show that I'm not around to show that I don't want to be contacted mm-hmm. like and I do put it quite bluntly as <laughs> like <laughs> if you need me email me I'm just not around I think that's a really important thing to do mm-hmm. I'm looking for something in my book whilst we're on the phone which is going to be really reflective 
of actually how how we can sh- shut off. And I will share it with you in a moment. My partner and I at the moment are trying to switch our phones off two hours before we go to bed so yeah. that we can connect with ourselves and each other and just other things that we need to do. Like his phone goes off to the point where I want to throw it out of a window. <laughs> uh, but that's business, that's work, that's the yeah. industry he's and he has stuff to do. And I understand and appreciate that. But I think right now we need to shut off because otherwise everything's blurring into one. Mm. I think my advice to be to shut off would be to make plans after Mm -hmm. your office hours so you have to shut off. Mm -hmm. So whether that's you arrange to meet a friend for a social distance walk or you arrange to speak to your family on a Zoom call or Mm. speak to a loved one, something like that. Do something which means you have to switch off. Yeah, yeah. because I feel like otherwise the computer will just be staring at you from over on the dining table or something. Yeah, it is. And then you'll think of things that you need to do, which is why yeah. I'm using my Echo Dot more and I'm just adding things to my list of things to do. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a good thing to do. Yeah, I think if you can add something to your list to do, if you're a bit scatty and your memory goes and, you know, I've got a small child... I'm spinning lots of plates at the moment. So I just add things to my list of things to do and forget about them. But I'm going to share something with you, which (laughs) is really important and will be really helpful. And this is from a book, which I love. And it says, what's on your tombstone? So this is a a reference page and the title (laughs) is what's on your tombstone. So what it's basically talking about is how being a workaholic actually isn't necessarily a good thing. And it says the ability to work hard and long is admirable, but you are a human being, not a human doing. Mm. So he also says, what is it workhorses die of? They die of work mm. and everybody should know that. So they say what's on your tombstone because, you know, do you want it to be that you just worked really hard or that yeah. you had a life? people loved you and stuff like that so I think there is a message in there for me like I take my job really seriously I really do but I think once it hits a certain point in the day give yourself permission to go I'm going to take my job a bit less seriously now because I have life outside of this and I think the trap right now is that where people are worried about job security they're working harder so that they're indispensable yeah yeah I I definitely connect with that yeah so yeah. they're not the next one to get furloughed or they're not the next one to be made redundant. I think that fear is creating a situation where people find it more difficult to shut off. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And that, that's a bit of a cycle that we have to we have to get out of. And I think if you just remember that, we're supposed to be a human being. Yeah, mm-hmm. not a human being doing. So we should be we should be being more. So my bottom line there is make plans after work which mean you have to switch off yeah yeah it's definitely good because then because we can't go out obviously it's definitely good to keep yourself busy definitely yeah so plan something which makes you accountable yeah Mm. to another person especially if it's like a relative (laughs) (laughs) the phone you and yeah whoever whichever one of your relatives will keep you on the phone for an hour plan to phone that person at the end of each working day. Like for, me, for me, that's my dad. Like yeah, it's my, it's my mum for me. Be on yeah. the phone for hours after a 10-minute yeah. conversation. Yeah, <laughs> that, man, that man can talk. <laughs> so uh, the next thing I wanted to ask you was, so there was a quite interesting article in the uh, LA Times where they spoke to Hayley Williams, who's the 
lead singer of uh, Paramore, about how she was coping with COVID-19. Um, and she spoke quite a lot about anxiety and how she dealt with it at home. Is there any insight you can give our listeners to how they can help deal with this new anxiety that we've had to deal with? Yeah, do you know what? Some people might not even realise that they're experiencing anxiety. I think that's a really great starting place. It's possible that people haven't experienced a mental health concern before this, and therefore they might not even be able to name that. So let's start from that as as our baseline here, that some people might not have had an issue with their mental health before, and then suddenly they've got these feelings and they need to be able to translate them. So you have to give your feelings a name to be able to understand what they all are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you just have to, you know, I am feeling worried or I'm feeling scared or I'm feeling happy, <laughs> I'm feeling angry. It sounds very simple, but it really is simple. And you need to, you need to know your feelings, name them, label them, write them down. I think if you haven't experienced anxiety before, I would always signpost people directly to speaking with a medical professional because it it could it can be really concerning when you first start having those feelings. I've suffered with anxiety on and off for most of my life. I love meditation. That really helps me. It's really kind of almost stamped out my anxiety, as has doing yoga. So I do yoga as much as possible. I think there are so many free meditations available online at the moment and just breathing and being with your breath and focusing on something else is so helpful and it sounds it sounds unbelievable doesn't it <laughs> that just by spending 4 minutes breathing in a particular way you can help yourself and I remember when I used to read about it I used to be like really is that really going to help me mm. And it's been an absolute game changer. You know, there were, there were there was years ago where I used to have to take these tablets, which are called beta blockers, which would help with anxiety. So if I, if I was feeling anxious, I would take one of these and it would slow my heart rate down because I was having heart palpitations a lot in my kind of late teens. Now, I don't get those feelings anymore so much. And if I were to get those feelings, I would listen to headspace I wouldn't reach for tablets but that's not to say that tablets are bad I think everybody you just have to take what works for you it's like when women have babies and whether they can breastfeed or they can't or they don't want to as long as the baby is being fed and well that's all that matters and I think the same applies really for medication around mental health if it's doing what it needs to do for you then keep doing it as long as it's safe uh, I think that's a really important message there. So, yeah, meditation really helps with anxiety. I think another thing to know in terms of anxiety, and this was one of the most powerful things I heard when I was younger, when I was prone to panic attacks, is a panic attack really, realistically, can only last around 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not sure if you've ever had a panic attack, but when you're having them, it's such an intense experience and if you can't articulate it to the person you're with or somebody nearby it just makes it even worse right it's it's (laughs) horrible like I've had a few and my first one I was 16 I was working in London at Earl's Court on my own so even traveling into London on my own at 16 to go and work there full time for a few was a big enough deal for me. And then out of nowhere, I was sat on the floor outside the toilets having a panic attack. Nobody came over and helped me. It was a really horrible experience. And I remember 
going back to this group of people that I was working with feeling really ashamed that that had just happened. And it was a time perhaps where I wasn't as connected with my mental health as I am now. You know, that was 20 years ago. It's a long time ago, but a panic attack is a horrible thing to go through by yourself. And if you're at home and you're having those feelings that might rise to that, it's important that you have immediate strategies around you. So with anxiety, really meditation is so, so helpful. Also, you can download stuff online around sort of practicing cognitive behavioral therapy. Obviously, that's always better if it's actually delivered by a trained practitioner, Mm -hmm. but just different ways of breaking your thought patterns. You can go to Mental Health First Aid England. They have some really helpful resources there as well. But just understanding anxiety, understanding your feelings and being able to name them is the best starting point. Yeah. I feel like I've walked. But, but anxiety can be really crippling. It can be it can be really horrible and it can build so quickly and it can crush your day. And I know B said that she wanted this to feel really positive. <laughs> um, I'm now wearing that on my shoulders. But I think it's I think it's important that we're really honest about this. You know, over the last few weeks I've seen people that have been really stoic throughout this experience suddenly start to have their first COVID wobble. And I've had my COVID wobble and that was a month or two ago and I I really did not feel good and I feel loads better now. Um, I feel amazing, but I think a lot of people I know have had a wobble. Some people don't know how to articulate those feelings. It's really important that that we're honest about them and that we're honest that it might happen and anxiety can feel really confusing. So the earliest you can nip it in the bud the better or the earliest you can take action to help yourself and deal with it, the better. And yes, yeah, starting point, write down how you're feeling. Go to Mental Health First Aid England, look at some resources there. Speak to your GP if you want to or speak to someone you know you feel comfortable speaking to about it and definitely try some meditation. And yeah. then also when you write things down, you can process how much of a concern things actually are. So you can kind of say, what's supporting this feeling? What can I do about this feeling? How can I get help with this feeling? And when you write something like that down, so this week, for example, I've had to put out quite a big piece of work and I've had loads of technical stuff going on around it that have just made it an absolutely huge challenge, which I wasn't prepared for. And I ended up getting anxious about it because I had a lot of people relying on me. And... Yeah, I ended up getting myself quite worked up about it. And then yesterday, I was just really honest with everybody in the team. And I was like, right, I'm having this technical problem. Here's a video of the technical problem. This is making me very frustrated. Like, can you please bear with me? But back to that point that I made a little bit earlier, where we're all feeling under this pressure to be indispensable and be amazing for our employers or our clients, you know, it's all feeding back into back into that. So the sooner you can address it, the sooner you can get help, the better. But make sure you ask yourselves those questions really honestly. You know, what is supporting this feeling? What yeah. can I do about it? Who can help me? Who can I talk to? Because sometimes when you write, write it down and you ask yourself what is supporting this feeling, you might realise that you're actually just basing it on absolutely nothing and you've just worked yeah. yourself up to this point it's a really powerful exercise when you're you're writing I I feel like what what ifs can definitely pile on top of each other and then what ifs become certainty in your mind even though they're not yeah yeah 
Yeah, it, it's, it, it can become a real cycle. So if you if you just break it down, say actually what what is supporting this? You know, what is this? Then you know, question yourself, but do it when you're feeling calm. Definitely. I think another thing to add to that is just to understand what your helpful and unhelpful coping strategies are. So that will involve being really honest with yourself. So, for example, I've had two really bad hangovers over the last few weeks. And then last Sunday morning, you know, when you wake up and you have that feeling like, I'm not going to drink again. (laughs) I didn't have that feeling, but I just thought I've drunk a lot during lockdown, much more than usual. And by a lot, I mean... Maybe I've had two bottles of wine a week rather than the one that I used to have. But even for me, I've got quite a sensitive disposition. Alcohol does impact me and affect me, and I'm aware of that. So I've gone, okay, I'm not going to drink now for a bit. I'm going to, you know, I realise that that's an unhelpful coping strategy to this situation, Mm. you know? Or maybe having a drink every evening, glass, whether it's a glass of wine or two glasses of wine, Actually, I don't really need to be doing that, not adding any value into my life. So I've recognized that God, maybe that's an unhelpful way of me dealing with this current situation. So it's just being really honest with yourself, you know, and then what are helpful things? Maybe we joked about phoning our parents earlier, mm. but maybe phoning your parents is actually a really helpful, nurturing thing to do because that's somebody that hopefully loves you. And we'll give you that cuddle down the phone that you might need and is going to be open to listening to what your your stresses are or what your concerns are at the moment. So, you know, write down what your helpful strategies are, what your unhelpful strategies are, and just get a better sort of sense of yourself. And then also dealing with anxiety, it's, you know, being real about what needs your urgent attention and prioritizing where you need that energy to go but you can definitely help reduce that negative energy that might be burning up inside of you um, by by meditating and, and by just doing some breathing exercises. Yeah, definitely. I definitely think breathing is something that's very underrated, I guess you could say, <laughs> with being able to just calm yourself down, just deep breaths in through the nose, out through the mouth. Yeah, just, yeah completely changes how breathing. you feel. Even though we're both breathing, we're all breathing all the time. Today <laughs> it's underrated, right? It yeah, is. just it how is. control it can give you over yourself. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, other thing I wanted to talk about was actually someone you spoke about on the Mummy conference the other week. Um, you spoke about stress signals, um, and so with us being around, or at least for me, I'm around my housemates all the time. Um, and other people will be around their loved ones or their family, um, and tens- tensions will probably be heightened. Uh, how do you think that being open and explaining your stress signals could help level the playing field a bit? I think it will help because you're basically helping other people to identify that you're not necessarily in a great place or making yeah. decisions or acting or behaving from your best place, you know, your most mentally healthy place. And again, it's back to that point of being honest with the people around you. This is really creating tensions in households, living environments, perhaps work environments for those of us that have been able to go back into the office or shop or wherever it is you're working. Mm. Being honest with people about what winds you up, what niggles you uh, and how you show that is Mm -hmm. really and it will just opening up that dialogue I'm not going to lie and pretend it's going to be easy necessarily because it depends who you're dealing with it depends 
how seriously they take good mental health and how open they are to having those conversations. But if you could notice that there are tensions arising, then you need to address it at the earliest opportunity. And understanding what your stress signature is will help you to do that. And, you know, I know people that have them stuck on their fridge at home for their partners and families to see. I live with my son and he's eight. And I'm really, I try not to be overtly honest with him all of the time about everything that's going on. But if I've got PMT, that child knows about it, you know? Um, I'm honest about it. And he, he he has good mental health literacy because that's something that we are bringing him up with. And once you know your stress signature, you will be able to just take notice and recognize in yourself if perhaps you're not being the kindest you can be or if you're being yeah. a bit short with people and I'm really I think I'm pretty good at that you know I'm very in tune with myself and, I, and I've said that already but with my partner sometimes if I'm being a bit of a dick I can just leave the room and go I'm being a bit of a dick and I can I can realize that I'm being a bit of a dick within about 10 seconds and then you know that's when you apologize to somebody and say I'm feeling like this for these reasons let's deal with it this way or can you help me I just think there's never been a better time to be open with people about how you're feeling, right? Because if you're not open with how you're feeling, we're just all going to be all wound up and just waiting for like, uh, you know, just just something to lance it and then explode. And we're seeing a lot of that online at the moment. You know, there's a lot of dissatisfaction in the world. And my issue with all of the online stuff happening is, it's a way of expressing your stress or it's a way of expressing your frustration with what's going on. But actually the more memes that you share with people's faces on and things like that, you're kind of entering this almost bullying culture. So, you know, let's find different ways to express ourselves and to express to the people around us that we're feeling dissatisfied. And that's back to my original point on your first question, which is joining positive movements and trying to create an awareness and positivity of what's going on, how it's making us feel, and how our peers, friends, family can all take action to support us and support our industry right now. But yeah, being honest, being open is great. There's no checklist for how you do it. It's up to you how you do it. And there will be people that are perhaps living on their own, and for them to navigate communicating that to somebody Mm. is slightly different. But you can still have those conversations in phone calls, on Zoom calls, um, and for the people that are living on their own, you know, it's really important that they're in touch and engaged with their stress signature as well. You know, yeah. and just having it up the visual for yourself is important. Yeah. Because we can, we, can, we can go so far past that initial point of early intervention for ourselves. Yeah. You need something to bring you back down to earth and keep you grounded. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely, I think, super important for uh managing your mental health is knowing your signals of when you're heading in a certain direction so you can right the ship i guess yeah yeah because it's such a daily discipline i'm gonna talk can i talk to you about the 27 minute morning routine i found years ago i love it i think it's awesome you know you wake up in the morning you spend two minutes doing a gratitude list you spend five minutes doing a breathing exercise and then you spend 20 minutes learning something new. Now, if you can start your day like that, you're going to have a good day. And I know this because I've tested it a number of times. And when I do the 27-minute morning routine, 
I'm much more productive and I work much more quickly. I get shitloads done. Mm. And I don't do it. I get less done. But it's about being disciplined. And for parents, any parents listening, they might not have those 27 minutes in the morning to actually do that and, and be disciplined and dedicate that time. That's why if you can just keep it simple with a gratitude list and a breathing exercise, great. But it's something you need to work on as much as possible. And right now, we've got the time to do it, depending on what your employers are like. You know, you should be able to actually say to your employers right now, before I start work for the day, actually, I'm going to go for a long walk. Actually, yes. I'm going to do all of these things. I really need to take care of myself mm. so I can give the best of myself to you during working hours. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. The last question I had was about that book, um, that you pulled the quote from earlier, the Daily Stoic. Um, you said that yeah. helps you with your motivation and kind of grounds you a little bit and stops you from going in a certain direction. Do you think <laughs> <Maybe>. that? <laughs> do you think that positive affirmations, uh, manifestations, and just trying to keep that positive energy definitely helps your like healthy mindset? If you get what I mean. Oh. Gosh, it helps me so much. I shared some to Instagram this week, actually, from this book, because there was something that happened uh, in the last week that kind of pissed me off a bit, <laughs> if I'm honest. And then I was like, okay, what does the Daily Stoic say? And the Daily Stoic happened to completely match my mood and match where I was at. Mm. And it's just, yeah, it does definitely keep you grounded and gives you a really nice framework for guiding your decisions because it's almost sort of guiding principles and the thing is we can all share positive quotes on our social media channels every day but they might not resonate with somebody on that day you know and they might not mean anything to somebody else and that's why it's important to have your own toolkit you know your own toolbox of positive affirmations mantras things that mean something to you and motivate you uh, my organization, what we do is at the bottom of all of our email signatures, and I stole this off another client, and now I get my other clients to do it as well, is we have a quote which relates to something that we want to share in the world. So the bottom of my email signature is, is a quote which I find quite moving, and everybody that I work with has one of those quotes. And I see that every day when I send emails or when I'm reading back through emails and it means something to me. When I see my colleagues and my clients, it means something to me. So having mantras and affirmations are, are a very personal thing. So find something that you love, find something that you need and yeah, read it every day if you want. I'm, I'm looking on my phone now because I've been reading this book I say reading, I've been listening on Audible to this book, which is about loving yourself. And this guy, he told himself that he loved himself for X amount of times a day for a certain period. And he says it's changed his life. Like, I haven't finished the book yet, but I'm very interested in that route of, okay, really, if you tell yourself something that much, is it going to change your life? But according to him, it has. It is called Love Yourself Like Your Life Depends On It. <laughs> uh, I'll, definitely help, I'll definitely look that one up. I'll put in the, uh, the show notes as well. Yeah, put it in the show notes. I mean, I haven't finished it yet. What really moved me during lockdown, though, and what really had a profound effect on me is the PMA effect. I mentioned it on our Zoom call the other day. Yeah. The PMA effect by John Joseph. That is a right big kick up the arse. <laughs> like... <laughs> Especially if you get the narration as well, because he's like this American, like, he's like a wise guy and he's talking like that and he's like, hey, just because 
kid time when you were younger doesn't give you an excuse to be a bad person and all of this. Um, but if you if you like the aggressive mental health approach, uh, John Joseph can certainly provide that. Um, mm-hmm. It really is brilliant. But yeah, definitely positive affirmations, but you have to find something that works for you. Because I could say to you one of my favourite quotes and you might just go, that's shit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so you have to find something that works for you and that's back to that first or second question about how we can make our workspaces and being at work more exciting that is by having those positive messages around you you don't want to go overkill but on my wall in my lounge I've got an Anthony I've got two Anthony Burrell prints one says go everywhere do everything which is a bit difficult at the moment completely irrelevant (laughs) but it's a nice thing to look at you know aspirational during (laughs) covid and then the other one says, it is okay for me to have everything I want, which I don't always agree with that, but I like looking at it and feeling challenged by it. <laughs> I, I, li- I like it being in my head and thinking, well, is it okay? Well, I want that. Is that okay? And then <laughs> that's where the Daily Stoic then will tell me whether or not it's okay. Yeah. This book, I bought it for, I think, seven people during COVID and sent it to them. I'm about to send another two copies of it. I'm not being sponsored by Ryan Holiday. I just think that sharing with other people what works for you is really, you know, it can be really powerful because we're all experts in our own mental health, even if we don't mm. feel like it. We are all experts in knowing what does actually make us feel good. Mm-hmm. It's just being disciplined and making sure we're engaging with those things every single day. Mm. And sometimes you can't be bothered, but just do it. Just do it. You'll feel better for it. Like <laughs> this morning, I've started dragging people for walks, whether they want to or not. And and then at the end of the walk, they're like, oh, I'm really glad I did that. And <laughs> if you can spread positive mental health by roping in other people on your morning or evening, afternoon walks, then do. Yeah, yeah. definitely. If you, if you can uplift people around you, then they'll uplift you as well. Yeah, I think so. It's such a... It's such a nice thing to be able to do, isn't it? To help other people. And we have to keep ourselves safe in doing that, which is why things like mental health birthday training are great because that will help you to have confident conversations with people about their mental health and then make sure you signpost them correctly at the end of that so you're not taking the responsibility of that. You know, you're helping them, you're guiding them, you're a soundboard, but you are moving them on to professional help um, and signposting them correctly because if, but definitely, if you can try and lift other people in, in small ways, mm. then then do it. Because that's what life's all about, really, is making life easier for, for other people and, and you know, service. It's been really nice talking to you today. And it's I nice definitely think our listeners are definitely going to enjoy listening to our conversation, I think. It's been really helpful for me and I think it'll be helpful for them as well. Oh, good. I hope so. I mean, I don't I don't have all the answers, definitely not. I don't think any of us do. And mm. I think the one thing that people need to not do, even though I've recommended the 27 minute that yeah, 27 minute routine is, you know, there is no right or wrong way. There is no checklist and it's important not to put pressure on yourself to have a checklist every morning and go I must do this and I must do this and I must do that. Otherwise I won't have a day because you can actually get in this routine where if you haven't achieved those things, Mm. you're then perhaps talking unkindly to yourself because you haven't done that thing, that extra mental health. So the theme of um, World Mental Health Day was around just being able to do one thing for yourself. Mm. 
And I really love that message. I think it's great. And, and, you know, I'll share it with you today. If you can just do one thing to help yourself every day, then do it. You know, be disciplined with it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for talking to us. And hopefully we'll be able to speak again soon. Yeah, I would love to do that. All right. Amazing. Thank you, Alfie. No worries. Bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Liberty Music PR's podcast with myself, the co-founder, Bea Damick. For more information about any of the topics mentioned in this episode, please reach out to me personally or via any of our social media channels at Liberty Music PR. Liberty Music PR is a global agency offering independent playlisting, distribution, creative partnerships and digital publicity. If you're interested in working with us to promote your music, feel free to get in touch today.